2: What a combo. Welcome to the show, Maggie Gray. Andrew Perloff, so glad to have you on this Thursday. We do have football tonight, Perloff. Sort of. (laughs) Well, listen, for the Patriots, okay, this is a lost season. They have two wins. They stink. It's going to be a really interesting—let me rephrase that. The offense stinks. The defense is actually still good, but the offense stinks, and— There's going to be a lot of changes, uh, or at least a lot of questions this offseason. For the Steelers, this is interesting. Kenny Pickett goes down with an injury, so now you have Mitchell Trubisky, but everyone else in the AFC is losing quarterbacks left and right. You're not out of this thing. If the playoffs started today, they'd have the fifth seed.
4: Yeah, I mean, obviously, I was all about the Steelers last week. So disappointed the way they played against Arizona. Yeah. Mitchell Trubisky is not, you know, he's not a rookie six-round pick coming in there. You can't beat Arizona at home, and you're at the one-yard line when Pickett goes out. That was an embarrassing performance. And the Steelers do this. They win games they shouldn't. And they lose games they shouldn't, so that means we have no idea what's going to happen tonight.
2: Oh, I think it's going to be Steelers winning huge tonight. A really, really what's a huge
4: Steelers win? Sixteen to (laughs) twelve? Yeah, yeah, Yeah,
2: something like that. (laughs) How
4: huge? How how are they going to score
2: points? Never in doubt is what I would say because Trubisky, we've seen this before. We know what he is, but he is experienced, right? So you're just hoping he doesn't turn the ball over. And on the flip side, the Patriots cannot score. I mean, they have the third game in a row where they have fewer than three point three points and they're Owen three where they allow, excuse me. Uh, no, where they have three points. They, they they cannot find the end zone. And at least the Steelers are like bare, like competent, I would say yeah. on offense compared to new England. They look like the greatest show on turf.
4: But that being said, the uh, Patriots defense is so good that they're in all these games. They are. So that's why I don't see a blowout. Seems very unrealistic.
2: Well, it can't be a blowout. Cause you're right. The, Pittsburgh can't score enough for a blowout, but I, I also see a team that's embarrassed coming off of that loss to Arizona, even though it was wonky and the two weather delays and all that. I think that they're embarrassed, and Mike Tomlin is really good Ooh. on a short week, and I think getting these guys up for this.
4: How If I told you there was an NFL defense who led up in their last three games, 10 points, 10 points, and 6 points, yeah. you'd be like, wow, that's got to be a great team. Are we talking 2,000 Ravens? So... <laughs> Yeah, and what's the. And they're 0
2: and 3 in those. And
4: they're 0 And not that's even. That's the first
2: time that's happened since the 1930s.
4: You watched some of that Chargers game, right? I did. Uh, yeah, we watched that. It. it never, you're right. It was 6 0, and it felt like a 6 0 blowout.
2: The Chargers <laughs> was, never got in the red zone.
4: I mean, there was a play to Devontae Parker toward the end of the uh, game that made it seem like the Patriots were moving the ball, but it's such a weird dynamic. That being said, it's going up against the NBA in season tournament, and you know, with all that it's still going to get a huge rating because people are going to want to see Belichick. People love the Steelers. So it's it's fascinating. And there is a playoff picture thing here. It's a big deal for the Steelers to no get doubt. this win.
2: There's like short-term questions for the Steelers about this season and their ability to make the playoffs and all of that. And then there's real long-term questions a little bit more with the Steelers too, which is, you know, you never, this is the sad part about what happened with the Steelers this year. Because the Matt Canada situation, the offensive coordinator lasted so long you never got a chance to really evaluate Pickett in year two, and he's been banged up all year, and now he's got the the tightrope surgery on the ankle, and he's going to try to come back. Like, you paired a first-year quarterback with a first-year NFL play caller and thought that somehow they were going to, what, learn on the job together? Like, that just seems like such a horrible idea. And then the fact that Pickett never progressed from year one to year two, it's like, you're in neutral. Do you draft a quarterback next year? Do you not? Like, all these topics are still swirling.
4: Yeah, I mean, the big the big issue around the drafting quarterback is do they make the playoffs? Because if you make the playoffs, they're 20 or below. If they get into that top 15 with this year's class, it's got to be tempting. I don't think they will. They seem to like Kenny Pickett. Don't you get that vibe coming out of the building? He's probably a nice young man. But there also feels like there's this commitment to Kenny Pickett. I don't know what I'm basing this on. I, 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 don't
2: know. I feel they, like the wide to, receivers are, don't love him that much.
4: They, I think they don't love the coach. I don't um, ever think it was Pickett. I think it was Matt Canada. But You know that video when Canada got fired of the kicker cursing him out? like That shows you that the players thought it was a coach.
2: Let's get to our first guest for today, and that is the one and only Ross Tucker. We love the Ross Tucker football podcast. Ross, it's Maggie and Perloff, dude. Good morning.
5: Good morning. Do you guys see what do you guys see this right now? Amazing. I think there's there's two of me since wow. there's two of you. This is incredible. <laughs> I have no idea. You're like a ghost in the
4: machine.
2: I
5: know, Ross. Why you did you mean, dark side of the moon us right it now? Like five times? Uh, but I feel like I'm in, like, Star Wars or Star Trek or something right now.
2: If you're watching YouTube.com slash CBS Sports dot Twitch.tv slash CBS Sports Radio, this looks like an 80s music video, you know? It's just like you, 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 like a million Rosses going into infinity. Uh, but for the people who are just listening, you guys can just, uh, well, figure the imagination. Two Ross yeah, Tuckers
5: side by side. Yeah,
4: thank uh, you for hanging in there with us, Ross. <laughs> I apologize for this.
5: No way. As long as you guys can hear me, it's great. Let's do it. Listen, you live in
2: Steelers country, right? So we said there's kind of – there's immediate questions about the Steelers and then there's more long-term questions. For the immediate Ross, do you think they can still make the playoffs?
5: Yeah, it's so funny. Two things on living here in in Central PA where there are a lot of Steelers fans. Number one, okay, this is the week where people call for Tomlin to be fired because – They had their Tomlin special on Sunday. They literally have a name for it in Pennsylvania (laughs) when the Steelers lose their annual game at home to one of the five worst teams in the league. It happens every (laughs) year. It's uncanny. It's actually remarkable that they never have a losing season, despite the fact that they always have what Steelers fans call the Tomlin special (laughs) when they lose a game like this that they shouldn't. So, it's a good thing for Mike Tomlin that they play tonight and that the Tomlin special didn't have to, la- that discussion didn't have to last that long. Cause mm. Now they're playing tonight against a terrible Patriots team and they'll probably get the win. And next mm. thing you know, they'll be eight and five and very much in the thick of the playoff race. But I was listening to you guys talk about Kenny Pickett. And that's a really interesting conversation mm. because I have several Steelers uh, fans that are friends. They did not want the Steelers to draft Kenny Pickett mm. for the exact reason you guys were just talking about. He's beloved in Pittsburgh because what he did at Pitt. He's an average quarterback. And Tomlin, with an average quarterback, is going to win 8, 9, 10 mm. games and probably make the playoffs. And so Steelers fans realize how loyal the Rooney family is Right. We all know what they've done with head coaches and all the even assistant coaches. The Steelers are very, very loyal. So the concern with Steelers fans, even Maggie going back to when Kenny got drafted, was if they draft Pickett, we're going to be in purgatory. Mm. In Mm. other words, we're not going to be good enough to actually compete with the Chiefs or the Bills or the Ravens and and win a Super Bowl, but we're not going to be so bad that they get rid of him or get rid of Tomlin, it's going to be good enough. And it kind of feels like that might be where the Steelers are now, maybe next year, you know, with the new OC and, and a a year further with experience with the young skill guys, they have with Jalen Warren and Pickens, maybe next year they can be better. and, And maybe that's the goal, but what's going on right now is the exact fear that Steelers fans had when they were even contemplating drafting Kenny Pickett.
4: Uh, can I have a question for the Ross on the left here? <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: like, remember that song, Double Vision? Yeah, by, yeah.
4: Uh, yeah. Is it an evil Ross or a good Ross? Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, so Mike McCarthy has appendicitis uh, and may coach on Sunday, big game against the Eagles. How important is a head coach to the whole operation, both during the week and on Sunday?
5: Well, It's especially important in Dallas now because he's the play caller too, right? Like, it was different when he was just sort of the game manager and Kellen Moore was calling the plays. Now that McCarthy's actually calling the plays, it's different. And by the way, guys, he lied to us. Do you remember when he got the job and he was like, yeah, I've been where Kellen's at where he's trying to become a head coach and trying to lay up the scoreboard. I just want to run the ball and let my defense rest. <laughs> Mike yeah. Mike pulled the wool over our eyes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, have you watched the Cowboys? <laughs> yeah. Number one I offense mean, in the NFL. Is, yeah, I mean, it's unbelievable. He's done such a good job uh, with this offense. I mean, they go no huddle a lot. They go empty sets. Dak's been on fire I think old Mike McCarthy was sandbagging us <laughs> a little bit, but I would say it's a big deal either way, right? Like even if he wasn't the play caller, which he is, and he's doing an outstanding job. You know, you still want to have that guy that's in charge of managing all of the timeout and whether or not you go for it, all of those situations, challenge flag, all that stuff during a game. And they can give those duties to, fossil the special teams coordinator or Brian shot like they can give it to somebody else but whoever they would give it to doesn't have nearly the experience in those same situations that McCarthy does especially in like a gotta have it game that we expect to come down to the end and that's one of the reasons why you know I think the Cowboys have a great chance to win this game they have to win this game right like we all know they haven't been to an NFC championship game since 1996 they're not They're not going to the Super Bowl this year if they're a wild card. It's just too hard, right? Like three road playoff games, including one very likely at Philly, one at San Francisco. You know, we haven't seen the Cowboys really prove that they can beat either one of those teams, let alone to beat both of them consecutive weeks on the road. They have to win this game. They have to try to win the NFC East to have a realistic chance, in my mind, to get to the Super Bowl.
2: Ross Tucker is joining us. He's the host of the Ross Tucker podcast, which you can check out on social media at Ross Tucker NFL. Also, he's doing things with myfrontpagestory.com, which is a really fun holiday gift, which we can get into in just a moment. You know, this whole thing about the MVP could be decided, Ross, in this game, right? Dak Prescott, Jalen Hurts, although Brock Purdy is the front runner. I got to tell you, I'm not there with the Brock Purdy MVP. Because he's a great player, and I said he'll have he'll be rich, famous, he's gonna, you know, respected, all of that stuff be Mr. Irrelevant, amazing. But he's not the MVP of that team. He's distributing to amazing weapons on that team. Am I right or wrong?
5: Well, so what's interesting to me about that, right, is I'd be really curious if you talk to Niners players and coaches and said who's your offensive MVP? I'd be curious to see how many would say Purdy and how many would say McCaffrey. Now, I think Purdy's fantastic, and I think we've seen, Maggie, distributors win MVPs before, right? What he does, and I've said this before, it's not really visually impressive, right? Like, the week before when the Eagles played the Bills, Josh Allen had, like, 10 plays where I'm literally sitting there with my wife, I'm like, Holy crap, babe, did you see that? Like, like, holy crap, did you see that? Like, that's Josh Allen. Brock Purdy, like dropping back, getting rid of the ball in two and a half seconds because he makes the right read and throws to an open receiver. Nobody says, hey, babe, did you see that? Like, like it's not impressive. It's not something that that jumps out to you at all. But that's kind of what Tom Brady was, right? I mean, mm. I would love to see like Tom Brady's two minutes of his best highlights. What is it, like a, a five-yard out route to West Walker? <laughs> like, Brady, you know, some of these guys, they're just not doing things that wow us because it doesn't wow somebody when a guy makes the right read and has good ball placement on an in-breaking route. Like, and, and that's going to be Purdy. And I think we're just going to have to get used to that. That's still what you we want them to do. My bigger issue, Maggie, about the MVP thing is are any of them really, like, that great if the if the MVP odds change every week? <laughs> like, two weeks ago, who was it? Mahomes? Then it was Hurts last week. This week, it's Purdy. Now, let's say Dak lights it up on Sunday night and the Cowboys win, and maybe Purdy's just okay against the Seahawks. Then next week, Dak will be the favorite. Like, if it changes every week, are any of them really uh, that head and shoulders above the rest? And the answer is no. All
4: right, Ross, give me a Christmas idea present. I'm scrambling right now.
5: Well, because everybody like you, Perloff, just gets like a gift card for their wife. They don't know. Absolutely. Do. I'm t- no, dude, you're a former writer. Maybe I don't. Maybe you still write. Sorry, I don't read it. Yeah. Anyway, you got to go to myfrontpagestory.com. You literally talk to a writer like Perloff. I'll even hire Perloff on a freelance <laughs> basis. To try to write your story for you 10 minutes. can't afford them, Ross. You can't afford them. <laughs> yeah, no, dude, that'd be amazing. For 10 minutes, you'll get a Dartmouth quality story written about <laughs> your wife and how amazing she is. Literally looks like it's on the cover of the newspaper. Here, I'll show you guys two at the same time. With
2: the, <laughs> with the double Boom, vision. There's
5: two at the same time. <laughs> never been at three, four, five. Anyway, it's called myfrontpagestory.com. A buddy of mine started it. I'm passionate about it. By far, the best holiday gift you could ever get. A loved one, I promise. Even when she just reads the quotes like, I don't thank her enough for everything she does for the family, she will cry, dude. She will cry. <laughs> Myfrontpagestory.com. Happy tears. And then for the next five years, you can get her gift cards at least <laughs> year where you've got something unique and thoughtful. Myfrontpagestory.com. Do it.
2: Ross, really quickly, one thing I'm passionate about is why don't we have grudges anymore? And what I'm talking about is Big Dom and Dre Ugh. Greenlaw have already buried the hatchet after what happened last week. Like, can't we have a grudge? I don't want them to bury the hatchet. I want this to be a blood feud. I want it to spill out into the something. Like, we all got to be adults all the time now. Everyone's everyone's making nice.
5: Um, I, too, like a healthy grudge. Thank you. But I think if there are concerns about fines and possible discipline, the sooner that you apologize to each other and you make it public that you've apologized and everything's okay, everything's nice, the I think the better chance there is that you don't get uh punished as severely. I think that's I think that's part of it here, uh-huh. Maggie.
2: Come on. Uh, Ross, thank you so much. Ross Tucker, Ross Tucker Football Podcast. You're awesome, Ross. Thank you so much.
5: Well, we both really appreciate you having <laughs> me on the show. Thank you. Thanks, Ross.
2: Thanks for awesome, Ross.
4: Yeah, and
2: Ross and Ross and Ross and
4: Ross. Oh wow, that was interesting. The visual. Uh, <laughs> Do actually, you know that
2: song Double Vision? Quick story about that. It's um that Journey. Who is it? Uh, n- I don't Oates. know this. Song. What is it?
6: I think it's Hall and Oates.
2: No, no, no. It's not Hall and Oates. It's um anyway, the guy who was uh part of Double Vision, Mick Jones, I think is his name. I interviewed him once. I should know this. It was created, it was inspired by hockey. Oh, Foreigner. Foreigner, Foreigner, thank you. So it was inspired by hockey where a guy got hit on the ice. I think it was like John Davidson or something in like uh, back in the 70s. And they said he's out for double vision. And Mick Jones from Foreigner was sitting in the crowd that night. And it gave him the inspiration to write that song.
4: That right, is one of the great stories of all time, Maggie.
2: You're welcome, no, America.
4: it's not. <laughs> oh, that was mean! Ouch! The, he just told a Speakers. foreigner story. Come on.
2: I, I, I also put You're my foot showing... in, my mouth in that in that interview. Wait, what? Well, I think I kind of offended him, and I didn't mean to. So, Mick Jones from Foreigner comes in, and we're doing an interview. Oh,
4: I thought you meant with the interview with Ross. I'm like, no, what? no, no Are <laughs> oh, you offended Mick Jones? Oh. I offended Mick Jones
2: because it was right before the New York Super Bowl. Bruno Mars was doing the Super Bowl, and um, I was asking about. You know, Bruno Mars at that time had kind of very liberally borrowed, I think, from Sting or something for one of his songs. He got kind of accused of ripping off, like, Sting or something. Okay. So I asked Mick Jones, I was like, you know, what do you think about that? Where's the line, you know, where other artists can borrow and be inspired by, but or it's just like a straight rip off, and you would get upset about it? Sounds either. like a
4: very fair question.
2: Yes, he goes. Uh, well, my stepson is Mark Ronson, who produced that song you're talking about, so I don't think it's a rip off at all. Oh, that's all. funny. Yep. Wow. And I'm gonna back away.
6: The stepson though is tough. Who who knows who's like you know is different last
4: different last names? like. <laughs>
2: Don't, E.J., thank you for the trying to kick-saving a beauty for also, me. I should have known.
4: who are Mark Ronson's parents? Like, we all know. Does, doesn't he have, come from a famous family? Yeah,
2: and his mom is married to Mick Jones for Foreigner. And his right. sister was the DJ or whatever. Oh, boy. He wrote Uptown Funk, you know. Yes.
6: Awesome producer. Amazing. He's got, he's got hits on hits on hits.
2: I know, and I insulted his stepdad. <laughs> also a, you know, Grammy Award-winning musician. Just psh, Slaps all the way around. and 2
3: and 2. Still slaps.
2: I hope Ross is doing interviews all day and does it as double vision the whole time. All right, we got a lot to get to, including how about this crazy story? NFL team massive fraud. And a crazy headline that we'll get to.
4: By the way, I didn't get Jessica. I yeah. completely, a hundred percent disagree with you on the Dre Greenlaw Big Dom thing. I think this was one of the most heartwarming reunions oh, in the history of sports.
2: God, what kind of Philadelphia sports no, fan are you? I, I
4: saw the tweet yesterday. I started to tear up. This was so cool. The Big Dom and Dre Greenlaw are getting together on the same page. I disagree with Ross too. This wasn't about money. This is about two competitors finding a yeah. common ground.
2: Yeah, this is about friendship. No,
4: I just. This I, is
2: about I, someone trying to get Big Dom back and not suspended for the league. No,
4: I thought Dre Greenlaw's quotes were really nice. He's like, I hear he's a straight-up guy. Like, <laughs> I think that is game-respecting game right there.
2: It's been 48 hours, basically. You can't let this simmer grudge match. You're going to see these guys again in the, in the playoffs, maybe. Let's get a round two, Dre Greenlaw and Big Dom.
4: I was so moved. First of all, Dre Greenlaw should be an eagle. He plays like an eagle. He's dirty like an eagle. I like everything about him. Him and Big Dom in another world would be best friends. And In fact, I think they'll do a podcast someday.
6: <laughs> this is the, the beginning of an together. amazing relationship. Well, no, we can't have the Drake Greenlaw and Dom podcast because we got the K-Fizz and Dom oh. podcast coming out. So yeah. we can't mess up the collab we have that we're cooking with Funded Kay- by
4: Tyreek Hill. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, right. <laughs>
6: exactly. Funded by Tyreek
4: Hill.
2: First guest, Roger Goodell.
4: Yeah. I mean, if you had on your bingo card for NFL Storylines, K-Fizz giving his phone to Tyreek Hill and to do a suspended. flip. Again, he suspended. And Big Dom fighting Drake Greenlaw would not be on there. But Podcast name. No sideline access. <laughs>
1: there
7: you go. <laughs> Love it.
4: <laughs> That's amazing. Wow. EJ,
6: you going to produce that? Hey, I can use another check. I'll, I'll still be here, and I can okay. also...
4: First guess, remote. Dre Greenlaw. Yeah, first, get. at least give me Dre Greenlaw as a guess.
2: It'd just be funny if they, you know, you happen to sit down the first day as if you, you and I lose the Michigan bet and you're in a wrestling singlet. It's like, no, no, no. I promise, I'm a,
4: I'm a normal person.
2: I, I can do this for you. <laughs> like, why are you wearing wrestling? Oh, are
4: you kidding me? Big Dom, he would take that in stride. You think you could get Big Dom off his base?
2: Man, we Philly's getting soft, by the way. Yeah, I mean, we got a Philly guy here
6: talking about Dre Greenlaw, you know, apologizing. This is awesome.
2: You want to load manage during the biggest game of the season. Wait, wait. wait. You want Big Dom to apologize to Dre Greenlaw. What happened to, like, Philly being, like, err, you know? The, you know, a chip on your shoulder. A team
4: employees tried to start a fight with the most vicious linebacker in the entire NFL in the game. And yeah. you're telling me Philly is soft?
2: Yeah, and then apologize. Right, you're
6: apologizing. You're saying that stand all Stand by it.
4: It's, it's heartwarming
6: that they're, that, that, they're, that they're getting together. I what secret. Is it?
2: Stand on your business? Isn't that what they
6: say? Yeah, stand on business. You're not standing on business. bro. No, long. no,
4: no. I think Eagles fans respect a certain level of toughness in other teams. That's why we hate the Cowboys. <laughs> Eagles fans and respect are just two words that do not belong <laughs> together. And I, I mean, love okay, fans. listen, they hate Debo Samuel because he's out there talking trash all the time. But I, I don't think, I think Eagles fans walk away from that game and say, ooh, I like Dre Greenlaw. I, I honestly do.
2: Weak on both accounts. 855 212 cbs That's an off-season story. Off-season, we find that they, they ran into each other. Maybe they buried the hatchet. Are in you telling season me when okay. you can face them again in the playoffs? There's you can't going do to that. be
4: they're going to play in the playoffs and see if Fox is going to have a five minute interview with Big Dom and Drake Greenlaw and you're going to cry. Yeah, Maggie. well,
2: Dom's going to be parts unknown because that dude's not catching a sideline for a long, <laughs> long time. Eight five five two one two four CBS. Okay, a lot more to do, including biggest rumors in the uh, transfer portal. We've got NFL for you. Don't move a muscle, Maggie and Perloff, CBS Sports Radio.
4: Today's Thursday Night Football Preview is sponsored by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Steelers hosting the Patriots in a game that's a shell of those postseason matchups of a few years ago. Pittsburgh's six-point favorite on FanDuel. It's a fight to hang on to the fifth spot in the AFC playoff picture. Meanwhile, Bill Belichick and the 2-10 Patriots. What's going to happen in his future? We'll get into that later. I mean, we have to watch this game, Maggie. This is not a game you're excited to watch. It's like you have to watch. I have to see what happens.
2: How much of this game is like playing old clips from like AFC championship games? (laughs) It's like it's another Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger showdown when we look at those highlights and all of a sudden they look old.
4: Can I get back to one thing here for a second? Yeah, of course. Again, you're secretly mean, Machiavellian Maggie, heartless. There's nothing secret about it. Can I just read Drake Greenlaw, what he said? He, Dre Greenlaw, the 49ers linebacker, has exchanged apologies with Big Dom, the Eagles security guard who got in a fight with on Sunday. Week, He said, we just exchanged a formal apology, formal, I like it, just between me and John Lynch and some of the same people that we know in the building and stuff like that. He seemed like a genuine guy, talking about Big Dom. Seemed like a guy that everybody loved in the building. So I hate that, honestly. I really hate that it even escalated and went to that. I appreciate your apology, Dre Greenlaw, and you know what? I don't really want to see you in the playoffs, but you can hang out in Philadelphia anytime you want, and I like that everybody is willing to put the fight aside and move on.
2: Listen, for society, fine. This is probably the two adults in the room doing the better thing, but I hate this for sports. First of all, this could all be done in the offseason, and if I'm Dre Greenlaw, I'm done with Philadelphia. I just trashed you. Your butts. I went into Philly, I kicked you around, and now I get to, you know, prove. now we're proving that we're the best team in the NFL right now. We're at the top of the mountain. Why would I concern myself with the opinion of a security guard no matter how beloved he is? Like, this is weak. You're Dre Greenlaw. Greenlaw. Get ready for your next opponent. Be focused in on that. Don't be distracted by stupid Philly stuff like Big Dom on the sideline. I hate, it. This, I hate it from the Philly side, too, that you guys were so like, oh, my God, Drake Greenlaw apologize." and everyone's moving on. Where's your edge? Where's your, you know, fight? And then from Drake Greenlaw, get out of here. It's not even another player. It's the security guy. Have a little pride, man. Well, You're Drake- the linebacker. You're the starting linebacker. That's Big Dom, the dude who tells everybody where to get lunch. Please. And, Drake- get, and gets people out of sp- speeding tickets in Philadelphia, the fixer.
4: Greenlaw's Come smart, on. though. He knows that they're going to play in the playoffs, and he's got every time Greenlaw hits somebody, it's a borderline flag. <laughs> he knows he, he, he's he got to get in good with the NFL right now because all, we need okay. some personal fouls against Dre Greenlaw
2: How about in the next this? round. Then, you know, sponsor some kids going to Toys R Us and picking out toys or something. There's other ways to get in the good graces of the public than apologizing to the security guard. Who was in the wrong, by the way? Why is Drake Greenlaw apologizing? His security guard shouldn't have been anywhere near him. He's an actual player, and this guy is just like a poncho wearing, like he's wearing no. a windbreaker over there. Get big, out of here.
4: His big doms, good people. I don't, I don't know what <laughs> <laughs> these are. These are yeah, two good gr- dudes. He's like- a
2: great guy who just involved himself with a play in a massive game in the NFC. You can say dumb. whatever
4: you – I don't care what you say about Dre Greenlaw, but if you're going to come after <laughs> Dom, then I just trust your judgment and character because have you ever heard a bad word about Big Dom?
2: I've never heard a word about him, period. I know who Dre Greenlaw is because he's an amazing player. Not the same.
4: Yeah, no, I think Big Dom, Dre Greenlaw, two quality dudes. I'm I'm fine with <laughs> yes, this. Debo quality. Samuel, that's a different story. Now, he's the
0: guy I would yell at.
2: Andrew Bogus is here with Headlines. There's news today.
0: There is. We'll get to that in just a second. But first things first, uh, as we're learning it, it's hard to get up from regular NBA games these days. The IST, a distant memory for the Jazz, so they put up little resistance last night in a meaningless game in Dallas.
1: Luka brings it up to his left off pal, into the lane, and he got the Gortat screen, and there's the 40-point triple-double. So over 10% of his (laughs) triple-doubles. A 40-point triple-double is amazing. It is just simply absurd
0: what he's doing. Chuck Cooperstein on Mavs Radio. Seventh career, 40-point triple-double for Doncic. He finished with 40, 10 boards, 11 assists, and a 147-97 route of Utah. He actually had the triple-double by halftime. Doncic, though even more efficient in his post game on court <laughs> interview
1: pretty important to come out here and get this win and get it in 50 point that's re- that's resounding fashion yeah uh the point i said before the game you know we just kept around and uh we just oh <laughs> <laughs> uh that's now
0: called the maggie two leaps in one <laughs> segment uh, uh he fits in well in that town by the way
4: Luca, Do they curse in Dallas? No, just huge regular (laughs) season numbers and eventual playoff disappointment. Reminds me a lot of Dak Prescott.
0: Joel Embiid with 50 points and 13 boards and zero post-game on-air curses, as far as I know, after his Sixers down the Wizards 131-126. The Clippers top the Nuggets 111-102 to end an eight-game skid head-to-head. The Heat 112-103 winners in Toronto and Paolo Bancaro, a career-high 42 but the Magic lost in Cleveland 121-111. The Yankee outfield now includes Aaron Judge and Juan Soto. The trade with San Diego became official while many of us were sleeping. The Yankees also get center fielder Trent Grisham while sending pitchers Michael King, Randy Vasquez, Johnny Bre- It doesn't matter. They have <laughs> Soto and Judge hopefully for just one season. The NL champion Diamondbacks putting more space between them and the Phillies by signing lefty starter Eduardo Rodriguez. Four years, $80 million to start. There's a vesting option for one more year and another 20 mil. To push a tush or not to push a tush? That's the question for many around the NFL. Jason Kelsey is quite literally at the center of this debate <laughs> and doesn't care what happens. Listen,
1: ban it. I really at this point, I don't care. I'm over <laughs> the discussion about it. To be fair, it would just be banning like the push in the back. Everybody would still be able to run the QB sneak, I think. Well, that's where I'm kind of like, you know, whatever. We were really good at running quarterback sneak before we did the push. I don't think that it's a necessary part for it. It certainly helps. There's no question about it. I don't have the energy to care about whether it gets banned or not.
2: That's a lie. That's a, li- a lie coming out of Jason wow. Kelsey. So you've up. now
0: called him ugly and a liar <laughs> well, in the history of this it show. It was just
2: compared to the other oh, okay. people, <laughs> magazines, most beautiful people. Uh, but yes, you're right. Um, he's lying. This is the Philadelphia cheat code. What he doesn't want them to ban it. The only way the only reason he's out here talking tough, I think, about ban it. I don't care, I don't want to talk about it anymore, is because he's probably retiring at the end of the year. And it's not gonna matter for him anyway. If he was Ooh. still playing next season, I think that he's not saying he's not talking so flippantly about this.
4: Yeah, I gotta be honest though, his logic does track with me. As someone who's watched football my whole life, I mean Q B sneak's not that hard even before this. Like I don't know why every team is in QB sneaking all over the place. Oh. Tom, Tom Brady. Brady did it. Did Tom Brady ever miss a QB sneak and we right. didn't ban that thing? So what's the difference?
2: I don't know. I Brady ran it to perfection. And he had different centers all the time. It's that Brady's offensive line changed a lot over his career.
4: I just think that his point was that the this sort of hatred of this play is a little overblown. Yeah. No, I mean it's like It seems to have been QB sneaking forever, and Jalen Hurts is a monster down there. He's going to get a yard.
2: All right, well, then let's ban it, and then let's see By the way, I've seen
4: your guy, Josh Allen, fall forward, and it's a four-yard gain. I mean, everybody can sneak. (laughs)
2: Oh, I wish that they would. (laughs) Except
4: he had that one where he went backwards and tripped and cost him a game.
2: Yeah, he's done that. He's fumbled at the goal line. It's not all peaches and cream, but here's why. I think that, you know, I don't think it's something you practice. Right? Oh, I think we, you do. We talked about this. Like, like the Giants sne-
0: did, not it lost two guys on, <laughs> yeah. on one try. No, 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 no but saying, like, quarterback sneak or a tush push?
2: Like, I don't think maybe quarterback sneaks because, like, it's a really physical play and they've gotten a lot of the physicality out of practices now. And I'm wondering if guys aren't used to it because do you practice it a lot? I don't of know. Of course. Uh, we ask I was,
4: but, a physical play is when a wide receiver goes over the middle and gets blown up by a safety. No one's getting getting a concussion on this quarterback sneak. You're right next to the guy and you sort of go like that.
2: Yeah, but it's like the, a lot of those kinds of hits. I thought got removed from practice because you don't want the repetitive hits to the head. So well, I, don't I, know how I many, think you how practice. Many teams are practicing I think it. you
4: practice on your side where it might Maybe. be. Yeah, like you because there's a lot of timing in a quarterback well, sneak. Of course, it's and like laying down a guys, bunt. Like you, guys
2: don't do it a lot. I don't think they practice it a lot.
4: I think they probably do because you got to get the call exactly right because quarterback sneak's all about timing. Right. So you got to know exactly where the quarterback is going to go. I would hope they practice tush push. By the way, if they ban the tush push, that means all sorts of running plays are going to go away.
6: I also have a question about this as well. So if they, the Eagles win a championship and yeah. they ban the tush push and this generation of Eagles with herds involved, they never win a championship.
3: <laughs> is there okay, an asterisk? <laughs> See, this
6: is why Jason Kelsey's angry right. because of questions like that. Well, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I'm sorry, but is there like, an
2: ask, is ask funny. the answer
6: because like, this is a team that is basically, you know, starts first and nine every time they have the ball because, you know, with this one yard, they're going to get it. And if all of a sudden they, you know, Jason Kelsey sounds very confident that they're going to be fine without it. And I tend to think he, they will. But if they're not, and all of a sudden next year they're not getting fourth and ones and they're struggling with it, like do we put any kind of thing saying, well,
4: they won that Super Bowl.
2: And the then the beat, rules change. Pre pre touch
4: push yeah. rule. Without the new rules. They just right. had a 38-35 Super Bowl with Kansas City Chiefs where Hurts and Mahomes were throwing 40-yard bombs all over the field. Yeah. That was not defined by the touch oh, push But they didn't win. Right. But that, I'm Also, saying, they ran the
2: touch push I think, five right, times yeah, in the they, Super Bowl. They, but regardless, they, they, they
4: that, game was that. About, that game was about Jalen Hurts flinging the ball all over the field. That was definitely not defined by the tush push. That was not a tush push. He game. scored a touchdown on the tush push. Yeah. No, but I, they would have scored anyway. That's yeah. my point. Like that, Do you really think, oh, the only reason that game was 38-35 was because of their short yardage game? I mean, you're crazy. No, no, that game he, was an aerial attack okay, on both sides.
2: That That's just the Super Bowl, and as, as EJ just mentioned, they scored a touchdown right. on it, and they used it a lot during the game. It's also all those games that led up to getting exactly. to the Super Bowl.
0: No, but this is not like the Flag. NHL changing power play, play rules because the Oilers were blitzing people yeah. in the entire 80s. It's a, it's a very useful play but it's not the defining play of the Eagles. Yeah, oh, I, mean, I uh, disagree. I mean I think no, not, yeah. not in an actual it it be, it has become that way which is why I'm with Perloff on what Jason Kelsey is talking about like he's almost insulted by the over exaggeration yeah. of this play because while it's going to be like comically connected to them it's not the best thing they do on the football field.
2: Okay, but here, when you look at, like, stats and metrics and things that we use to tell really good teams or you're telling the story of the game, Mm -hmm. what's one thing we generally go to? Third down and fourth down conversions. And what are those, a lot of those third down and fourth down conversions for the Eagles are tush-push.
4: Yeah, but aren't they going to make a lot of those anyway? What's a a third and one conversion rate around the NFL?
2: Wait, but how many times do
6: you say, oh, I can't stand these teams that go into shotgun on third and one and fourth and one and they don't get it? I feel like we complain
4: about that Right, they should should QB sneak. Like Tom Brady did for, for 20 no, years.
6: But, no, but I'm saying if they then go to a conventional QB sneak and they're not nearly as effective. There's no way they won't be
4: nearly as effective. Because, How? QB sneak, because 75% of QB sneaks work wait,
2: and so here's 80% a question.
4: they'll be just as effective wait, or maybe wait. an inch below.
2: Okay, so here's a question. If the QB sneak is the same as the tush push, why don't the Eagles just run a QB sneak?
4: There you go. Because, they well, can,
2: because this, this is 5% better.
4: It's much better. But it's certainly not the fight. Like, you honestly watched last year's Super Bowl, and when Mahomes and Hurts were having this great game, he said, oh, my God, the Eagles wouldn't have been in this one if it wasn't for the
2: okay, touch push. Take away the Super Bowl, which, again, it was a factor it in the score, Super Bowl. But let's just right, take it away ball, for that. Whatever. When people think of the Eagles in 2022 and 2023, what is is what is the one thing they do better than everyone else? Like, they have perfected this play. And it's, yeah, it I, keeps your offense out the field, which helps your defense the the ripple effects of the touchdown are massive,
6: and I think the mental no also, also the mental effect you have on the other team knowing that yeah. if you get within the yard play. you're getting a first down or you're getting a touchdown, like or if it's fourth and one or fourth on the goal and and it's it's a mental advantage, no question. Yeah. every team that plays the Eagles, I guarantee you, they all are spending at least an hour two hours trying to figure out how to stop this thing.
2: It's unstoppable. You can't right.
6: stop. If you're telling me now they're going to a conventional QB sneak and teams can take that off the board, who knows how much that affects you know, their preparation. Pro- pro- uh, perdusha- what percentage of QB
4: sneaks do you think work in the NFL?
2: Probably a pretty high percent.
0: Yeah, so what's... I Again,
2: mean, so why don't the Eagles just run so, QB I mean, sneak?
0: So here's... so I, These are the numbers. Right now, they are the best fourth down team in the NFL by a significant margin because of that. But let's just say... So, it, they convert at 73% of fourth downs right now. <laughs> that's amazing. The number two team is 67%. So, that's two thirds yeah. conversion. So, even if they come back to two thirds or 70%, because Hurts is better than Baker Mayfield right now at converting fourth downs, that's not going to take 10 points off the board per game for them.
2: Listen. You just like, I feel like that stat just made the point exactly. Like, because here's the other part there's usually for most for all the other 31 teams besides the Eagles when it's a fourth and short or a third and short, there's like drama. Like, what are you gonna run? What are you gonna do? Are you gonna get it? Can you get the snap off cleanly? All these things when there's no, they expend no mental fatigue, no like physical fatigue, obviously, but there's no like mental anguish angst anything should we go for it should we not like it takes away all of that it's a massive advantage well
4: tom brady i'm just looking at his sneak rate he was 90.5 percent on fourth third and one since 2000 uh and
2: they, they were also, awesome right. yeah, yeah exactly but nobody would always like
4: ban the tom brady quarterback sneak. Well, because
2: yeah. he wasn't pushing anybody they well, I'm just
4: yeah. saying right. jalen no, the hurts point. will probably be exactly the right. same that's but, the point uh, you yeah. could, that okay. they
2: the number then is do it then, yeah, then, sure. then just oh, first do the Okay, we're talking
6: about numbers, and I'm going to have numbers. So, <laughs> the NFL, they track this. So, yeah. you had direct and indirect pushes. The success rate on those plays was 93% on the goal line. The traditional QB sneak was 84%. That's a pretty big difference. It's less. Yeah. Right. It's, not it's that less. big a difference. 93% to 84% is almost it? 10 points.
4: Man, honestly... The Eagles have real problems. Taking away the tush push would not be our quarterback's being forty-five years old is a big problem. And
0: Jason Kelsey retiring would be yeah. a bigger problem. Than the old narrative
4: about it. the Eagles, everyone thinks that there's problems with like the offense. Like their defense is falling apart in front of our eyes, and people are talking about the tush push and saying you should start Marcus Mariota. You guys are <laughs> not, <laughs> not watching us. this that's, team. That's David Carr. <laughs> you am not know person. Take take away the tush push. It's fine. How are we going to cover C.D. Lamb? That's the darn
0: well, problem uh, here.
2: That is a big problem, also. And you know, you try to address at the trade deadline and other things, but Jason Kelsey is just lying here. Like, Are they that's still tired, by the way? Exhausted.
0: They're still tired? They're definitely tired. Well, was, oh, to you to travel know, to Dallas.
2: You know what a pain in the butt? Dallas block. at that kind home with, you know, Are Dallas has a 10-day rest. <laughs> Again, this is happening? Two weeks in a
4: row, they got the best teams in the league with a 10-day rest. But you yes. realize
6: they also had short rest going into the games that they won, right? It goes both ways. It's not just oh, oh. we have ten days rest. We'll come off a bye. They they went into Thursday and won a game. And yeah, they but went they were to...
0: played on Thanksgiving. So they actually had a full. they, right, they short had a full
6: rest double, was two weeks Thursdays. Ago. No, no, I'm, I'm yeah. talking about the the Commander game. They came in the short rest in that and they scored a million
4: points. You guys understand that the Eagles were never going to go 17 0. Like, there's going to be losses on the schedule, and we know. God. But
2: you're but you want to like prematurely. If, give them the loss before they've even played the game. But this
4: is obviously a tough spot. They're going to Dallas, right? Right. Now. It's a tough game.
2: Yeah. Good, good yeah. tough. They're not because you can't play, you know, the Patsies every week.
4: Right. And if they come out of it, it's not like Panic City USA because they lost this game. And they're probably going to go fourteen and three on the season. I know. This okay. is
2: this is like the Perloff getting himself ready for it's the it's the emotional barbed wire that you put around. It's like, <laughs> hey, I'm just letting you know on Thursday that if they lose, no big deal.
4: Yeah, I mean, if it was a playoff game, it would be much more of a must-win situation.
2: <laughs> you think 8552124 CBS Bogish, thank you so much. Coming up, we do have those college football transfer rumors for you. Everyone in the portal, where are they going? Also, the big trade from last night, Juan Soto, goes to the evil empire, the New York Yankees. We got a lot for you. Don't move. Maggie CBS Sports Radio. Your
3: fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker of yours.
7: Just do a quick search for Tecovas on social media, and you'll see how adorably styled these boots can be. Visit com. that's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com, and point your toes west.
4: Welcome back to Maggie and Perloff. You got to be have your head on a swivel to follow the college football transfer portals. Cameron Ward, the Washington State quarterback, prolific Washington State quarterback, has now been linked to... Florida State, Miami, Nebraska, USC, Washington, Wisconsin, and many other schools.
2: Honestly, his free agency is more interesting than Shohei Otani's.
4: Yeah, college football is now a sport of mercenaries. (laughs) Uh, So Cam Moore is a big one. Then Dante Moore, our guy, former five-star quarterback at UCLA, being linked more and more to Michigan. I think this is all great. I, I can't wait to see all these quarterbacks go to new schools It makes college football more interesting to me because now I get to see a new quarterback at every spot. Uh, Kentucky, we said yesterday, got Brock Vandegrift, former heavily recruited quarterback at Georgia. I think this is super cool for the sport. I know that you don't really get used to a guy and a new team, but for me, college football is like that. College football, you're only really starting for a year or two anyway. If you're at Georgia, you might not even be a full-time starter, and you might go straight into the NFL. So... To me, I'm excited to see all these guys in new homes. Are you okay with the churn rate here?
2: Um, Here's what I'm about. The churn rate is one thing, because you're right. If you get a guy for two years, you kind of feel like he's been around forever, like you know him, you know? Right, and like so, Tim Tebow at Florida. Right, like Michael Penix. You know, it's like he feels like he's a Washington guy. Bo Nix feels like he's an Oregon guy, even though they had previous stops where wow. they would be considered.
4: Yeah, I mean, Bo Nix had a full career a full at career and...
2: <laughs> So here's my uh, my bigger thing about this. We can talk about the, the transfer part. I think guys who are like 26 and 27, yep. while I appreciate that they're still chasing their dream, to me it's starting to get a little bit like, all right, you're kind of a full-grown man. Not that Jalen Carter at Georgia wasn't a full-grown man, but I'm just saying like, It doesn't feel like college athletics. It used to be one thing when guys were going to play baseball somewhere else. Maybe you have to go on a mission, something like that. That I totally understand. But just because you can have seven years of eligibility, I don't think means you should have seven years of eligibility.
4: It's very Jeff Goldblum uh, and Jurassic Park. No, I understand what you're saying. It's mostly quarterbacks who are super old because I don't think, maybe I'm not paying close enough attention. I don't see a lot of middle linebackers who's 26. It is an exception with the COVID year. Yeah. I, I do understand it, though, because experience is huge. If you're a coach, I don't want an 18-year-old anymore. I want this old guy. I would, Arch
2: Manning. And even Arch isn't I, getting on the field. I,
4: I, I, can, I actually had – I was thinking about this yesterday. I don't know that Arch Manning's first start is a Texas. I'm not sure where it is That's interesting. because I would be surprised. Arch might be the exception because he has a strong bond with Steve Sarkeesian, but you see any 18 year old signs. My immediate assumption is like, oh, okay. He's going to train there a little bit. Then where is he going to go? Because everybody's in the portal. Anyone who can be in the portal is in the portal. So I, I just don't think freshmen matter anymore.
2: EJ, you hate the portal.
6: I do hate the portal. And I hate it because it's so hard now to follow these college athletes. I think, there was a part of this, and I know we all root for laundry. We all root for Texas. You all root for Alabama or whoever your team is. Yep. But there was something. There was a romanticism around seeing Colt McCoy's journey from a freshman to a senior at Texas. There was some romanticism to seeing, for me, a Ken Dorsey or seeing, you know, a uh, Sean Taylor. Like, that, that's that gone now. That
4: like, feels like a long time ago. Yeah, it's funny. It wasn't that, that. long like ago. I mean, Cole ago. McCoy feels like a different generation of I mean, football. I can Tua, Ken Dorsey Tungovalia. was 20 I can do years ago. They can do Tony, t- uh, excuse
6: me, Tua, yeah. Like, there are guys even just three, four years ago where it was like, wow, this is a guy we saw as a freshman rise up to the national stage, go on to win a national championship. The idea that that player probably goes to two schools after winning a championship after his freshman year, like, there's something lost in that. I can't imagine that uh fans could really enjoy just this kind of yo-yoing of athletes around. I think they got to find some way to regulate this a little bit.
2: Interesting. Your thoughts on the transfer portal? Do you love it for college football? Do you hate it for college football? 8552124CBS 8552124227 coming up, we are answering one of the biggest what ifs in sports. We'll do it next.